the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Good day. Good day to you and you and you and that's it. The three listeners. Good day to all three of you. Um, happy, happy Tuesday. Monday had that holiday. President's Day, my favorite holiday of all. Although why do we keep seeing Ben Franklin in all those President's Day commercials? It, it begs the question. I know he was an inventor, blah, 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 blah. But did he invent the holiday? Anyhow, in any way, uh, I'm going to try to put together a good show for you. A little song, a little dance, a little seltzer in the pants. I'm going to pr- try to bring you some love. Let's start with Greece and the Troika. They didn't reach a deal. The ceasefire agreement between Russia and Ukraine, it didn't produce a stoppage of fire. Japan's GDP fourth quarter increased 2.2%. Yay! But no, nay, 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 nay. <laughs> Weaker than expected. I'm telling you, if you're having a parade today, it's going to get rained on. Transocean finally proposed a massive dividend cut to its shareholders. Good. Sometimes that's what you have to do. And uh, Transocean, obviously, a driller of oil. And oil, a magical substance in the ground that comes out black and gushly and makes hillbillies billionaires. Um, their dividend yield was yielding going to be 15.7%. And if you can get that, ooh, boy, that's like the devil coming to your door in the middle of the night going, I will give you ultimate power for your soul. 15.7% in a dividend yield is too much. You go to your bank and they're going to give you your zero, maybe spit. We will spit in your money for you. So it's not good. So rig is going to start to put in a bottom. It's probably a buy signal that they do a massive cut in their dividend. If oil comes back sooner, it's a buy. If oil comes back later, you may get one more opportunity. But since oil collapsed back in October, November, that stock's gone from 30 to 18. There's very few people who can do what Transocean does. Take out big equipment and drill miles and miles and miles and miles below the ocean. I 
think I probably said one too many miles, but that's okay. Lack of surprise appears um, in the markets today. So Transocean, we're not really surprised that you cut the dividend yield because you had to. We opened weaker. We shot back up. That's good. That's good. I'm good with that. Um, the steady response to the Greek headlines suggests the market is still accepting the idea that it's a lot of political bluster and that a deal will get worked out before the end of the month. Typically it does. When you hear things like Congress is you know, blocking the president's budget, at some point in time they're going to pass something. Even if it's, let's just keep it the way it is now and we'll deal with it next year. Kick the can down the road. We were so poor, we had to play kick the can down the road. Oh, yeah? We were poorer than you. We didn't have a can, but we still kicked it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Chicken's laughing at that one. Uh, so the Greece headlines are what they are. It's going to get resolved. Russia and the Ukraine. Um, there was already some suspicion when the Meeks agreement was reached that a total ceasefire would not be adhered to, given the inroads rebels have made trying to take over a key railroad terminal in Dvolziv. Uh, Putin has made himself one of the richest in the world. Some people think it's north of $200 billion for a guy who had spit when he came into power. Uh, spit seems to be the recurring theme this morning. No. Uh, it's going to take a coup to undo his ambition. Early vibe out there today is that uh, be cautious. Don't take undue risk throwing a pass unless you have to. Now, the Green Bay Packers lost a title game because of that. But I didn't hear that. The producer has to speak a lot louder. Seattle Seahawks. No, the Green Bay Packers lost the title game um, against the Seattle Seahawks. Don't correct me when I'm right. Um, Aaron Rodgers had the ball. They ran it three straight times. One pass completion would have done it. They had the ball at the goal line. They ran it too conservative, way too conservative. So very conservative disposition uh, on the market right now is wise. China reported today that the house prices have declined 5.1% year over year. So those of you who are in your home and you're feeling pretty confident, pretty cocky, how would you like to take 5% less for it? It happens. You saw in 2006 what happens to real estate markets. They don't go up forever, not even in California. And that kind of mentality is sick because you're assuming that someone will always be able to buy it. Well, a millionaire will buy my cottage. And then you're like, well, a billionaire will buy my cottage. Well, a trillionaire will buy my cottage. China reported a 5% drop. And that's probably good because uh, it keeps some stimulus hopes alive leading up to the Chinese New Year, which begins February 19th which is Christmas part two for the United States. Uh, China spends a lot of money on their New Year's holiday. And I don't say that from experience because I'm not a travel phobe. Um, I'm good with traveling to Latin America, South America, Europe. Not that into Asia. Not that into Asia. Don't know why. Just me. I think it's I've got food issues. Um, I'm a finicky eater. Not horrible, but pretty bad. So corporate news has been limited to market moving scope today. Like I said, Transocean, they made waves over the holiday weekend with news that its CEO will step down and that its recommended shareholders are proven an 80% cut in the annual dividend. That uh, to 60 cents a share. 
currently, let's see, what, where was that dividend at? I was just looking at it just one second ago. $3 a share. So that's a pretty big cut. All the way down to $0.60. Cents. Uh, what's on the way for the stock market remains to be seen. Um, we'll have a good show today to, for you, talk about some of the top headline news. Uh, anything else that you want to talk about? The Apple car was rumored. It's kind of been rumored for a little bit. Very, very vague. You know, Tim Cook a year ago saying in a speech, oh, we've got something coming that even no one's starting rumors about. So that was the first rumor because we already had talked about the watch and the TV. Um, but realistically speaking, if you take a look at the mathematics, if Apple pulls off something akin to a Porsche, um, how much more money will they make? Apple made about $53 billion of operating profit in the year ending in September. Spectacular 28% profit margin. Uh, revenue of $182 billion. Porsche made about $2.6 billion of operating profit. An impressive 20% operating margin on revenue of $14.3 billion. So if Apple sprouts a car business the size of Porsche's, Apple's operating profit will increase by about 5%. That's not very much. So if they basically pull off a General Motors-style operating profit, you're talking about a 1% profit margin on $156 billion, $1.5 billion, not very much. So the car speculation, unless they've got something to figure out, like a Grand Slam home run instead of a home run, or two Grand Slam home runs back-to-back, -back, it's not worth getting excited about yet until the numbers start making more sense. You know, what sort of partnerships are they making? Are they more going after our soft operating system? Are they more so going after more services? Um, we don't know. It's probably three to five years away. They probably started the rumors and helped fuel the rumors by hiring some Tesla employees to start the ability for them to go out and hire people. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I've got a webinar coming up next week. You can learn more about it. It's Thursday evening webinar from 6.30 to 8. Let's learn more about it at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. always fun to talk with Patrick O'Hare, and that tells you something about my mentality. Mark, Chief Market Strategist uh, with Briefing.com. If it's fun, there's a Wall Street angle for me. So, Mr. O'Hare, how are you? Hey, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thanks. Good to be back with you. Um, one of the big stories of the, what are the, the, one of the big stories in the market right now, not of necessarily of the day, but of the market. Well, um, you know, it, it kind of is the story of the day. It's been the story of the market all year. We've been kind of like uh, stuck with this um, um, impasse, if you will, between Greece and the Troika and them trying to renegotiate uh, the, the debt bailout. Uh, and you can layer on top of that the ongoing uncertainty, uh, drama surrounding Russia and Ukraine. And then, um, and but I think, you know, probably one of the real uh, major themes of this year so far, to me anyway, is just how the 
uh, rosy narrative that prevailed at the end of 2014 hasn't um, necessarily um, uh, come up smelling roses, if you will. Um, you know, we've had a good bit of disappointing economic data. Um, we've had a lot, of, a good bit of volatility, um, and just not getting any strong sense of, uh, you know, conviction here on the part of buyers and sellers as uh, we continue to hear on one end about the Fed being on the cusp of raising rates, and on the other end we hear a number of other major central banks cutting rates because of economic weakness. So it's kind of just a real sort of mess of things at the moment, and so you're getting this churn and rotation in the market as uh, people try to figure out what to do. One of the things I keep coming back to in my reporting of financial media is jobs numbers look pretty good. Again, I'm not really on the street of Oakland, you know, hanging out in St. Louis. I'm not really looking at how it's tracking in, you know, the deep, deep regions of Louisiana. Uh, but uh, the jobs numbers look pretty good. And if they're pretty good, that should drive the auto market. It should drive the housing market. It should drive the serv- Those two things could help drive the services market. Um, is that not is, 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 am I simplifying it too much to the jobs? Yeah, no, and I think that's the great conundrum right now. Is that what you're saying is it, it, on paper it all looks pretty good. I mean, you're getting uh, 200,000 plus non-farm payroll gains, um, you know, month after month. Uh, the uh, job gains are fairly broad-based by industry, uh, which is nice to see. Uh, but for some strange reason, you're not seeing the um, you're not seeing that all translate into um, robust spending activity on the part of the consumer. Um, Briefing.com's chief economist Jeff Rosen, uh, you know, would point out uh, that you know with the January employment report, you saw a seven, uh, 0.7 percent increase in aggregate earnings, and yet we had the really uh, disappointing um, retail sales number, and the two just didn't sync up with with core retail sales. That's retail sales that exclude gas stations, autos, and building materials, up just 0.2%. So what that suggested is that consumers are still um, deferring to saving their money as opposed to spending it, uh, and, and it's a really curious case right now because we certainly have heard a lot about how the drop in gasoline prices should uh, increase the discretionary spending power for the consumer, along with the uh, bump in uh, earnings we're seeing as uh, job growth picks up. And so um, it's a really uh, uh, tough, tough situation to figure out, frankly. It's got a lot of people puzzled. Uh, but that does seem to be what everyone's looking for is for this wage growth to, to shine through in stronger spending, uh, which will ultimately lead to stronger business investment, which then drives higher lending activity and, and ultimately a, a, an economy that can hit escape velocity, and, uh, and that's not where it is right now. The part of the world that seems to be in crisis mode the most right now, Europe, obviously with Greece and the issues of debt and stay in the ECB, don't stay in the ECB, then you get the Ukraine scenario with Russia. Uh, And yet, when you look at the markets, Mr. O'Hare, they're the best markets, right? They're the ones that are performing the best, even though they have the most crisis going on comparatively to the United States. That's right. Um, You know, many of them didn't do so hot last year, though, uh, relative to the U.S., and I think a lot of the, I don't know if I should say a lot of, but a good bit of anyway, uh, of these negative scenarios um, uh, that 
you know, started to filter in last year, and so you saw, you know, those markets underperform. And so, um, so now you approach it with this mentality that, you know, negative news has been priced into those averages, and then you throw on top of that the, you know, ECB's quantitative easing program and, you know, interest rates that are, uh, you know, negative in many instances. And, and uh, the perspective is that uh, there's more room for upside potential here than downside risk, and that's, I think, has helped afford those markets uh, a measure of relative strength here early in 2015. But, um, you know, there's there's some, some risk in that mentality, obviously, but uh, I think that a lot of people are just, you know, falling back on the notion that, um, you know, the U.S. Federal Reserve is is arguably at the end of its uh, period of extreme policy largesse and is going to look to start taking things away, whereas uh, the ECB has just now um, dived into the whole QE program and is a lot uh, further away from taking things away. So you're playing that easy, easy money uh, policy trade, uh, and it certainly has uh, played out well for those markets in early uh, 2015. So what you're saying is when the European Central Bank had Mario Draghi said, we're going to do something akin to the United States, almost, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, I'm putting words in my mouth, almost nothing else matters. Like there could be nuclear explosions in Europe, there could be wars in Europe, there could be countries leaving the euro, but as long as there's you know quantitative easing, as long as there is monetary policy that is stimulative, that's rock, scissors, paper, that seems to win. Well, yeah, I mean, other things other things matter. I mean, earnings obviously matter. It's just that this sure. uh, policy largesse seems to matter a lot more. Um, you know, that uh, traders just fall back on the notion that you don't fight your central bank. Um, they're telling you, uh, we want you to buy risk assets. You know, go buy stocks. <laughs> you know, and and they're they're creating the environment to do that. Um, so it, it it's 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 a really screwy situation. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but you can't really argue with uh, the performance in light of, you know, you got an economy that's, you know, fighting to stay out of recession. Uh, you have disinflation, uh, you know, bordering on deflation. Um, you have double-digit unemployment rate in the eurozone. So, you know, nothing really great, <laughs> fundamentally speaking, from an economic standpoint, other than the fact that interest rates are so low. And so the presumption is that, um, you know, uh, depressed earnings have to ultimately pick up with the weaker euro, uh, with the low interest rates, um, and with, you know, much easier comparisons, certainly, for a lot of European uh, companies versus U.S. companies. But uh, so it, it is tough to get one's mind around the idea that, you know, you're buying into such a, a lousy economic situation. But... Uh, equity markets are anticipatory by nature, and so uh, there's this thinking that the ECB is effectively buying the eurozone time with its policy, and that all of those other fundamental uh, issues that are not so hot right now uh, will improve over time, uh, given that uh, policy support it's offering. Um, not so sure it will, you know, because you need to see some structural reform there that hasn't happened yet. Um, but in any event. Um, there's a template that people are looking at in the United States and how the stock market responded to when the, the Fed did what it did. And I think they're just, you know, falling back on that same notion to, um, to help drive European markets higher. 
Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst with Briefing.com, one of the smartest market commentators that I know, and does it in a human way, which is great. Anything that you're working on that you want to make us aware of, whether it's a future column, whether it's a past column, or just something in the market that's got your craw? Well, you know, my my view at the end of 2014 going into 2015 was that we should see the S&P 500 uh, increase in line with uh, earnings per share growth. Um, and at the time, earnings per share were expected to be up almost 9%. Um, that's been slashed considerably uh, in the last couple months. I think we're now looking at 2015 EPS growth of you know, less than 2% now. So we're, you know, I'm being forced to basically rethink that view in terms of return expectations. I still think that we're going to track with earnings per share growth. Um, but notwithstanding the, the really strong February we saw, uh, we think that investors probably need to uh, be thinking more in terms of there being a lot of roller coaster action this year and perhaps not a lot of return. And so with that, you you know work to find ways to um, uh, seek out you know some really quality companies that you know are gonna uh, have no trouble covering their dividend payments uh, and potentially you know might offer the uh, upside of capital appreciation. Thanks very much. That's always a great guest on the show, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, uh, Briefing.com. Briefing provides an unbiased source of information into both U.S. domestic as well as international markets. There's so much to read there. I start every morning by picking up his page one. But as he referred to, Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, also um, contributes to this show. But there's another five to seven guys there that cover everything from momentum stocks to technicals. It's, it's a full-fledged, uh, full-fleshed-out must-have if you're going to be involved in the markets. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. I have a big webinar coming up about income and retirement next Thursday at 6.30. You can watch it or listen to it from the enjoyment of your home. Sign up today at robblack.com. We're getting close to full sign-ups. So sign up at robblack.com. and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Happy day after President's Day, the best holiday of the year. 
You don't hear people typically saying that. A lot of people will say things along the lines of, oh, I like Valentine's Day. But no, for me, it's Va- it's uh, President's Day. I appreciate that. You're welcome, sir. So, oddly enough, um, I was always taught as a kid to respect the president, whether he's Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, whether he's a communist, what have you. You are always taught to respect the president. Uh, not so much these days. I've been living so, it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Let's talk about some of the headline stories of the day. Uh, let me take a quick look, see if there's anything like on fire on Wall Street. So I, I don't want to ignore the markets. Yeah, we're slightly down. Um, so I'm not stressed by that. But I do want to talk about some of the headlines because I think we can figure things out from there. Home builder sentiment drops the month of February. Um, that's the lowest level since October when it came in at a reading of about 55. 50's kind of bleh. So you kind of want above 55. Sentiment among single-family home builders chilled in February. For the past eight months, confidence levels have held in the mid to upper 50s, which is consistent with a modest ongoing recovery, solid job growth, affordable houses, and low mortgage rates have helped unleash pent-up demand. This is all very important, and we're, we're skewing towards meh versus heading towards woohoo. President's Day holiday is the start of the spring housing market, historically the strongest for sales. Um, so we'll pay attention to that. Very important market. Apple's planning an initial run of over 5 million Apple watches, according to a report out of the Wall Street Journal today. Now, 5 to 6 million watches is a lot. They've got a $349 Apple Watch Sport. will reportedly count for half of these, around 2.5 million. With a standard Apple Watch making up one-third of output, i.e. the cheaper version, about 1.6. That suggests that the gold $18,000 watch, they're going to try to get 900,000 units sold. Pretty ambitious goal for the wearables market. Uh, you know, analysts noted that just 720,000 Android Wear devices were sold in 2014, and Apple intends to surpass this with its high-end gold watch alone. So prices aren't guaranteed. Um, we'll see. It's going to be fun, to say the least. Um, will they be able to shift the units? Millions of people will buy this watch right from the start. I don't have a doubt about that until Apple proves me wrong. Snapchat CEO Evan Spiegel. He may buy Taylor Swift's record album. He dated her for a while. He's obviously a wealthy man who's not private. He's private right now, but going to come public probably this year. They're a company where the messages instantly disappear. You see them, they go away. I think that is so much better than posting pictures online of yourself. Hey, I went to a baseball game. Hey, I have a beer in my hand. Someone may not mind you at a baseball game, but the beer in the hand may decide if you get a job or not in the future. So Snapchat started rolling out content, and media companies love it because you watch the the video and it's gone. So... 
Snapchat has said to their content partners, hey, if you sell an advertisement, you get 70%. If we sell it, we'll give you 50 Um so the media companies like Vice, Yahoo, MTV, National Geographic are, are liking it. And if Snapchat were able to get a big star like Taylor Swift, who's 23, and younger people are more likely to use Snapchat than Facebook, um, it's going to be interesting because she's a good spokesperson. You know, she pushes Diet Coke. Does she need to? Nope. But she does. Um, Spiegel and Swift were romantically linked last year. Uh, but ultimately, it ended because of Taylor Swift's neediness. Um, she wanted it to be a priority in his life, and he's building a billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar company. They would rent out entire movie theaters and restaurants to guarantee privacy. Can you imagine having that kind of waste of money? The FAA today, sh- or yesterday, shot down Amazon. Well, maybe Sunday. <laughs> and these holiday weeks, they get in my head. Uh, so the FAA is shooting down Amazon's drone delivery plans. Amazon says it's still committed to delivering products by drone, but some of the rules that were thrown out um, just aren't going to fly. Um, to fly an unmanned aircraft or drone, um, a lot of the industry liked the proposals, but some didn't. Drones cannot fly over people not involved in their own operations, and the drones must be flown by an observer on the ground. Those two things probably going to kill the Amazon drone in the United States for quite a while. Um, And how long have we been talking about that potential story? Six months? Other companies have reportedly tested drone delivery, including Google and Domino's Pizza. A spokesperson for Domino's said the proposed new rules will have no impact on the pizza delivery chain because its 2013 drone delivery test um, for the United Kingdom was a a publicity stunt. So they're not really thinking about doing drones yet. Some new Ford F-150 ads were touting the fuel economy of the vehicle. It's interesting to note the vehicle's been selling for about a month. um, And we don't really know a lot about it. We're getting more and more details. So the commercials kind of are the way of educated America. The 30-second commercial mentions the high-strength military-grade aluminum alloy body of the truck. It's 2.7-liter EcoBoost turbocharged engine that gives you the power of a V8. 26 miles per gallon. Not too shabby for a truck. So Ford switched to aluminum for its trucks, saving up to 700 pounds and obviously improving fuel standards. Um, and then gasoline prices dropped. It's like, oh, had they released that last year or a little bit better? Like, that's okay. Ford's in it for the long run, and they want it to, uh, from the outset, show that, you know, this is what it does. Nestle's going to remove artificial ingredients from their candy in the United States. This is important because if you eat a Butterfinger or Crunch of Baby Ruth, it's got things in it like vanilla flavor. Why not vanilla? It's got anodo seeds, instead, or it'll now have anodo seeds, instead of red 40 and yellow 5 food colorings. Yellow 5 is my favorite food coloring, but I don't know what the hell it is. So, and the products will be labeled no artificial flavors or colors. And I think people like that. I think people who buy candy bars like that a lot. The port strike is starting to damage businesses around the United States, whether it's a factory that's not getting auto parts, like Honda, in their plants in Ohio, India, and Canada, whether it's Levi Strauss, who's concerned, because, hey, it's spring delivery time. 
we need our product on the shelves, um, or whether it's a customs broker who, you know, customers are being assessed as much as $300 a day for containers that sit too long on the docks. The delays could cost retailers in the United States alone $3.8 billion. Lovely. There's your right to strike, America. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. And I'll write your name. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. If there's anything you want me to talk about on the show, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. I don't talk a lot about the stock market moves on a day-by-day basis. I'm trying to protect you from that mentality. I will talk about anything, whether it's how to fund your retirement plan or your 529 plan for your kid's college. Do I like 529 plans or do I like prepaid private college plans. I think both can work, including a Roth IRA. And a combination might be what's most appropriate and best for you. You can find me online at robblack.com. Let's talk a little financial planning with CFP Chad Burton. Welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He is with newfocusfinancial.com. You can find him online, newfocusfinancial.com. You can find him here on the airwaves between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock on KDOW, his show, New Focus on Wealth. Now, California is the land of opportunity, and California has created a lot of real estate wealth for people who have been in the state 10, 20, 30, 40 years. They've probably done well if they've owned a home for more than 15. A lot of Californians are going to be house rich in retirement. Some of them are going to be stock option rich. Some of them are going to be 401k rich. Some of them will be a combination of the, of the three. What do we need to know about being house rich in retirement? I get ready for a massive move in America where people are going to be downsizing their home in the next 20 years. You have so many baby boomers that are drastically undersaved for retirement, underprepared for retirement. Um, if they live in the Bay Area, likely if they're, they're one of these people in these studies that have undersaved, they're going to eventually having to tap their home in a reverse mortgage or, or move out of the state, move out of the country even. Uh, so studies I've seen, Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies did one where only one in 10 people make a calculation in their lifetime of how long their money's going to last. Okay. Other studies by Retirement Institute and other places have said that uh, of the people that do have 401k balances, the average person that has a 401k balance is only projected to save enough to replace 60% of their income. Okay. So hopefully their house is paid off by retirement so that they can have the option to tap some equity, sell it, move it, whatever it may be. That's one of the best things about owning a home is you pay yourself rent, which means you're paying yourself equity. And after 10, 20, 30 years, hopefully it's added up to a a situation where maybe that equity you've paid yourself can now be turned into rent that you're paying to someone else, or maybe it's you just stay in the house. But Yeah, the, unfortunately, the, the affordability factor is an issue, too, because you get a 50-year-old wanting to buy a home, and it's gotten so expensive that they'll stop funding their 401k because they think it's such a great idea to buy a home. 
Right. Which is a huge mistake. Right. If you can't afford to max out your 401k and buy that house, you're not ready to buy that house. I'm seeing a lot of people under 35 doing exactly what you're saying. They're not buying the house. Some of them are maxing out the 401k, some of them aren't, but that's really important to you um, than the home that you live in or the place that you rent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, start working out of college, save 15% of pay while you're saving for that slush fund for that first home. You could even do that in a Roth IRA if you wanted to and, and build up, get used to saving that 15% of pay so that you know, if I continue to do that, that's what I need to be able to retire this home will just supplement my retirement, or maybe it'll take a couple of years off my retirement if I get it paid off early, you know, 30 years down the road. You have to take some time to do some calculations. You have to continue to be able to save money into your 401k. Take the time to, to not be these one in 10 people that don't run these calculations of how much they need in retirement. If you're going to run calculations, where should you go to see these calculations? Because let's say my house is worth a million dollars equity. I don't know how long that's... I, I guess on the radio I say it's $40,000 a year till the day I die, but how do I figure this out? You know, if you can't figure it out in, on a basic level, that's when you it's worth to pay maybe an hourly CFP, somebody that charges by the hour to, to do these projections for you if you don't have the assets yet to have a wealth manager do it as part of the wealth management program. Um, because the online calculators don't do a good job in analyzing your tax situation and forcing you to actually think about things like what are your health care costs in retirement, so people will just take their current expenses and and assume that they don't pay almost any taxes based on these online calculators, and they, they get disappointed. They they do a very poor job, unfortunately. You know, the more I talk to you, the more I get intimidated by making decisions in retirement. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, but at the same time, we also tell younger people that you know you start by saving that fifteen to twenty percent of pay yeah. in total stock market index, international and emerging market indexes. If you do that. You can do a lot of things on your own until you get that first hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars saved up. Make sure you have your disability insurance and you're saving, you know, fifteen to twenty percent of pay. You're gonna be wealthy when you're sixty five. You just have to put your head down and do it. Okay. So when I threw out that intimidation thing, I was kind of saying that it's it's complicated. Like figuring out the value of your home and how many years of income that can translate into it's intimidating. Yeah, for, and that's what for the average person. That's what happens. Once you build up a certain amount of assets, you become just as nervous about making mistakes as, you know, picking the next mutual fund. So then you become worried about taxes because that starts eating and you see, oh, my gosh, I'm paying all this money on my because of my 1099s I'm getting. Um, so that's when you, you seek out the professional help. Seek out the professional help. You can find Shaft Burton at CF. Oh, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. But you can find Chad Burton at chadburton.com as well. So some of the new rules on flying drones are not being cheered by companies like Amazon and Google who want to deliver goods to you. Um, some of them are, though. And again, after four years of waiting for legislation or ideas, it's nice to see that you know we're getting some of that. Um, but it's certainly going to prohibit companies from delivering products, and UPS and FedEx have to cheer this on a lot of levels. Expect those regulations to loosen. You start tight, you loosen later. Typically a good way to go. One of the reasons I do this show is because of retirees and boomers. The number one question that I get is, do I have enough money for retirement? And I don't know what your budget is. I don't know. But work as long as you can to keep money coming in is typically a pretty good idea. 
Um, don't know if that means you are a successful CEO and you know now you want to become a speaker. I don't know if you ever want to retire. I don't at this point in time. Um, I don't know what retirement would look like, so I'm not there. Percentage of workers who expect to be able to retire before age 65 has dropped dramatically from 50% of people in 1991 to just 27% last year. Um, a lot of people are expecting to work till the day they die. That's 75% of America. Um, you know, you have a commitment to your family, you have a commitment to yourself, and staying in the workforce as long as you can to 65 to 70 uh, to 75 is pretty, is the way to go. Um, we all have different life expectancies based on our race, our color, our health, our family scenarios. Um, taking Social Security early could be a killer if you live a long time. Taking Social Security early could be a relief if you die shortly thereafter. There's no right answers. It's an art, and that's why you have to listen to the show and figure out what colors you're going to paint uh, into your numbers, because I don't have the answer for you specifically, as I'm not you. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. money investing and more anything you want to talk about we can talk about don't be shy um, a couple products that I really like and I, I should probably say this more often Vanguard and Fidelity TD Ameritrade those are the three top brokerages in my opinion swaps great they're just not Vanguard or Fidelity um, E-Trade's okay they're really not Vanguard or Fidelity um, someone sent me an email about a question about an ETF, ticker symbol VBK. It's a small cap growth ETF. And he was worried about expenses. Um, and he's also worried about volume. And this is a small cap growth ETF, so first and foremost, it's going to think of it as the growing of America because it's US-based. Probably not going to get a lot of exposure to overseas markets. Investments seek to track the performance of a benchmark index that measures the investment return of small cap stocks. Um, there's more turnover. Sometimes these small companies jump into bigger companies. Sometimes they fail to execute their business plan and they get kicked out of the index. It's a Vanguard product and it's a pretty tight product. Uh, it's very low cost. Would I be worried about the high turnover? I would not because to offset that worry, I'd look at the last five years of trading on the ETF exchange traded fund. I think this is one that you can consider. Um, I'm not saying you should. I'm saying you could. Uh, it's got 15% exposure to consumer cyclicals. It's got 14% exposure to real estate. It's got 14% exposure to healthcare. 21% to technology. You know the holdings are companies like Alchemy's, Alchemy's and Harman International and Isis Pharmaceuticals. 
not the bad ISIS, the good ISIS, uh, Duke Realty, uh, Brookdale Senior Living. So you're getting a lot of diversification at a very, very low cost. Um, in the last year, it averaged up 4.3% in an area that didn't do great, small caps. Three-year average is 16%, five-year average 17%. Um, those are pretty damn good numbers, and I think they should be considered for your portfolio. As a small cap exposure, we all need, I think, five types of exposures to start with. And then you can start adding super secret sauce and things like that. But we need some small cap, we need some mid cap, we need some large cap, we need some international, and we need some sort of income to accumulate wealth. Later in life when you're managing it, it's a totally different ballpark, ballgame. It's a different ballpark, ballgame. <laughs> you're in the old section. And yes, you do get a discount. Um, I don't know if I make any sense, sense at all. Uh, biggest mistake I see people make is starting too late. Second biggest mistake I see people make is not putting as much money into their 401k, 403b, 457, sooner rather than later. Number of defined benefit pension plans dwindles. Um, so pensions are going the way of the dodo bird, which puts the pressure on you. And again, when you're 65, 70, and you're living below your ways and means, and you're, you're living below your previous lifestyle, you're only going to have you to blame, because government's not saying, like, it's going to be glorious. Uh, government's saying it's going to be anti-glorious. You know, Social Security isn't a lot, and it's getting less and less, and it doesn't keep up with inflation. It doesn't keep up with the real inflation. It keeps up with an inflation gauge, but not real inflation. Um, I'm a little scared of Tesla right now. Their conference call went so bad last week uh, that I think the risk level went up one level from hyper growth to hyper growth with fingers crossed. Um, it's a cult stock. It remains very difficult to value. When Elon Musk started comparing his company to a valuation of Apple, that scares me a little bit. They're spending staggering amounts of money on capital expenditure. They don't have all that money. They're spending more and, and burning more than expected. Um, Musk used a curse word on the conference call, which is kind of a no-no. I'm not saying, like, trust me, I've already said a bad word or two during the show. But he referred to some of his employees in China as being brain dead, and that his sales teams gave the incorrect perception that it was difficult to charge cars in China, though it's not. Um, it's burning money like crazy. It's spending money like crazy. You can't do that forever. A lot of times after divorce, both parties will go out and go, I deserve a car, or I deserve a vacation after putting up that jerk. And they burn money, and it's not coming up in as fast, and then they get their lawyer's fees and things like that, and holy shnikes. Sometimes uh, people really hurt themselves. And again, they don't think that's going to be coming. I very much so want you to listen to the show and support the show. So always drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Anything you ever want to talk about, we can talk about. Gold prices are getting hammered right now. In what, again, is not the reason you would expect. Uh, Chinese Lunar New Year coming up on the 21st. And that's a big issue. A lot of gold, a lot of silver, and you're seeing gold down 1.7%. Uh, oil's lower today. Basically, 
many, many things are lower today. Although the 10-year Treasury sits at 2.09%. It got under 2%, 1 1.9%, 1.8%, 1.7%, and they're like, woo, it's going lower. And nope, it goes the other way. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. We are seeing a little bit of a recovery in the drilling stocks. It may be a little too early, unless you expect oil to snap back. Or it may be an entry point, one of many that you use in the next couple of quarters. Not a couple of quarters. In the next couple of years, throughout the quarters. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, the start of February has kind of been deja vu. Investors who are long the market can only hope that remains the case because the action seen so far this year follows last year's script. 2015 will end up as another solid year for the stock market. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Pick up the phone, give me a call tomorrow, 800-516-1220. Find me online at robblack.com. And I've got a webinar coming up next week. Learn more at robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 